Hey, this is the Break Time Podcast. I'm Jake, and as a pudding lover, I know, and I'm here to tell you the secret, that vanilla pudding with bananas is better than banana pudding. Unrelated, here's Ryan and Eric. What's happening? Hi. I have less of an opinion on wow. that. I don't really care for banana pudding or put vanilla pudding. Actually, uh, well, actually, is, is banana pudding just like the bananas integrated into the pudding? I have no idea. They're not real food. They come from a magical box that's with powder. It's unrelated to real food. Oh, this is like Jello pudding. Yeah, Jello brand about. pudding. Okay. Why would we introduce huh. after the pudding? Because the pudding is more important. No, well, that's he was trying to clickbait people. People for some reason. I don't know how you clickbait with a podcast, but that feels like it's the way to do it. Pudding. Yeah, man. Is you talk about so you, you have to rope them in in case they click. They They're come like, here. I just talk about banana pudding. That's people come here for banana podcast. pudding. Is that what our whole podcast is about? Yeah, it's random. It's it shows how random we are, you oh, know. XDDD classic Scorpio. Yeah, apparently you're the only Scorpio in existence. Yeah, the only one in the world, really. Um, but no, the best banana pudding. You get Nilla wafers. You get uh whipped cream. It can be cool whip. That's fine, but whipped cream is better. And you get vanilla pudding with banana slices, and you layer it like a lasagna, alternating those things. That's how you make the best banana pudding dish. Uh, that doesn't sound bad, actually. Oh yeah, it's a, it's excellent. Are you talking and about banana pudding kind, with bananas? Is worse. The kind of pudding that's more solid or more like like liquidy, like yogurt. Are you talking about Japanese pudding, which is different from the other other places? I'll be honest, I only Japan's. know Jello brand box pudding. To me, it's fairly uh, solid and pudding consistency. I see. It's it's a it's a liquid that holds us together pretty well. It's but probably there's about also the consistency this, of yogurt. The solid pudding that you think is called pudding is actually called flan, and that is what Japan thinks pudding is, and they call it pudding. Pudding, or P-U-R-I-N, if you're going to romanize it. I see. It's also the name of Jigglypuff in Japanese, the Pokemon. That's fun, Jigglypuff. it's probably strawberry flavored. I don't know why it's called that, I think it's just because it's fluffy <laughs> or something. they're canonically edible, I guess? I don't think they are. <laughs> All Pokemon are edible. That's probably are true, they? to be honest. Even the ghost ones? Yeah, and even the steel ones. <laughs> oh. Yeah, Eric. You just kind of got loyal. How are you going to defend yourself against these claims? How are you going to support your claim that all Pokemon are edible Dude. when the evidence presented is steel types and ghosts? Dude, I bet Steelix tastes delicious. Macargos are 18,000 degrees. Oh, paradise. yeah. Macargo isn't edible at all. It adds to it's the 18, spicy flavor. degrees. <laughs> 18,000 degrees Fahrenheit. Hotter than this. It's twice the temperature of the sun, or approaching that. I mean, you say that's edible? I mean, so the way Pokemon... The way Pokemon is designed is, like, they have, like, all their survival instincts, like, for each Pokemon, right? So the Pokemons are, like, okay. always predators of each other, or of possibly humans, for example. One of, one of which I know is Vanillux. I forget which evolution... Um, Vanillux is no, the third one of that it, brand, of that it, of that line. Yeah, I don't I don't remember which specific evolution the Pokédex talked about it, but one of the vanilla ice cream looking Pokémon said it looked like vanilla to um think of it like one of those <laughs> white vans 
That's <laughs> maybe like one of those white ones. It entices children. Yeah, it, it entices children oh, with God. candy. But instead of candy, it's ice cream. I think they usually pray at like vending machines or something. I think that's what the hell. That's actually is horrifying. True? Okay, now I gotta go look at the vanilla the the vanillux line. I thought you were gonna tell me about like the 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 tro- tropius the like. The fruit that thing on with neck. fruits on its neck, and I'm like, you're gonna tell me you could eat the fruit, and I'm like, yeah, I got it, I'm ready for this fact. But then you told me a very different fact that I was not ready for. <laughs> I, I, okay, I believe. Let me. I want to look at the Pokédex entry too, but this is what it's I probably Vanillite. I would assume it's. Van- I don't know. It's, is it Vanillite? It's one of the vanilla vanilla ones. Let's see. Um, the temperature of their breath is minus fifty-eight degrees Fahrenheit. They create snow crystals and they make snowfall in areas around them. This Pokemon formed from icicles bathed in energy from the morning sun. It sleeps buried in snow. Huh. Where the heck is this? No, Unable to I survive swear in- I've seen this somewhere. I know I've Alright, I'm looking somewhere. at vanillish now, because vanillite has not has not borne has not borne any fruit. Has not borne any fruit? I don't know which one. I think it's, it hasn't born. Yeah, I'm going to go with that. Okay, where is it? I can't even find the place to click to actually go to the next Pokemon. There we go. Vanillish. Where is it? Habitat, Ice Age. It conceals itself from enemy eyes by creating many small ice particles and hiding among them. They cool down the surrounding air and create ice particles, which they use to freeze their foes. I see nothing on this Pokemon attempting to lure children with its ice cream body. I, I, I read it. I know I read it somewhere in my life alive. I currently, you are a big ass liar. Eric. My life Eric actually alive. works at Nintendo and leaked the plot of the next no, no. Pokemon movie. It's horror <laughs> themed. They're going I a would different love direction. A I would love a Pokemon horror movie. There's so many possible ones you could go with. But doesn't that make sense? Wasn't I convincing? <laughs> I mean, we it, it got us to real. look at I, it. I, you literally clickbaited him. You made him even more than a click. You Google baited him. Yeah, I know for a fact there are not there are disturbing Pokemon entries though. I believe that it's Phantom. Phantom is a Pokemon that is the soul of a child who died in the forest. That is literally the Pokedex entry for Phantom. Really cool, dude. Nice. Yeah. Thanks, Game Freak. But the thing is, is that Phantom are all, like, abundant in this area, so it makes me think that there are just a lot of kids who died in this forest, and that's kind of disturbing. Hey, I know, see it, man. I know Yamas. Yamas is also another spooky one. It's It used to be a human, but it turned it died, and then the mask it carried is, like, its original face. Yeah, I do remember that as well. That's awful. <laughs> The other thing about this is that are there a lot of ghost Pokemon? They're either the souls of dead Pokemon or they're the souls of humans, which is kind of confusing to me. I never really would think that that would be the case. Oh, I mean, they are literally a ghost type, which is like intuitively and by definition like associated with death. But it really, you're not supposed to like give us the full ramifications of this, Nintendo. <laughs> like, just say they're okay. spooky. I don't know. Yeah, they are spook. But how do you make things spooky? You make them the souls of dead things, like children. Uh, uh, I don't know about that one, Big Hoss. You could just uh, make them like purple works. and pointy or something. That's already That's what spooky they did with enough. the first one. 
The first one was like a shadow creature, and that made sense. But they had to they had to dip their feet, toes, their fingers. They had to power pull stuff the ghosts, from places. Yeah. They're like less but, scarier than something that looks like a ghost. Actual ghost. <laughs> exactly, and that's why you have Phantom now. I don't know. There are probably other ghost Pokemon that are kind of similar. Yeah, it's usually yeah. mostly ghosts and psychic Pokemon that have like yeah. the more scary Pokedex entries. I remember one. Like, I think it's it's either Kadabra or Alakazam, where it it, it was like a it used to. It, the po- it used to be a human with psychic yeah. powers, and so one day just woke up as a cadaver. Yeah, suddenly they were a cadaver. Yeah, all the cadavers <laughs> in the world. One day he went to sleep, and when he woke up, he was a cadaver. His cartridge was haunted. <laughs> yeah, but no, I still, I will, I think that the most horrifying Pokedex entry is the fact that Macargo's body temperature is eighteen thousand degrees Fahrenheit. Literally an ending event. Yes, but that Pokemon snail. existing is an earth-ending event. <laughs> oh, wait, no, there is there is a Pokemon that likes to kidnap children. Wasn't it the balloon one? Drifloon? Yeah, Drifloon. Drifloon likes to carry oh, yeah, children away. Oh, yeah, it looks like away. a balloon, and then a kid grabs it, and then they fly away. <laughs> it goes yeah, away. <laughs> it, it takes their soul, oh. or their, it just takes them away. That it just takes me. all of them, soul included. Yeah, there was, yeah. There was a, <laughs> I believe there is a quest in Pokemon Arceus. Where you have to find a kid's lost drift bloom, drift bloom, one of them, uh-huh. and then if you if you know like the Pokédex entry behind it, you know this kid is screwed. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. This kid, this kid's, yeah, we're looking for this kid's lost drift bloom, but we know one day that kid's gonna disappear with his drift bloom. It's gone, dude. He's gone. It's fine. He he tamed it. It's not. It's it's no longer it's has his. that uses wild it to instinct. Abduct other children, not him. Yeah. For all you know, this kid is actually the reason why that myth exists in the first place. Yeah, it's actually the heir to like the Helsing family. He's gotten one and uses it for their family's deeds. You know. Yeah. And then that becomes the the precursor that you know every single stereotype about drift. Yeah, they is all think about. of that one. Yeah. It's like, oh man, remember that one time that Drifloon, you know, carried a kid off? It's like, yeah, stay away from Drifloon. Little did they know that it was a result of human <laughs> it manipulation. It was actually psycho- <laughs> psychopath child Tommy, or whatever. Youngster Tommy, Tommy. Yeah, Youngster <laughs> Tommy Helsing <laughs> is actually the reason. <laughs> youngster Tommy wants to battle, he sends out Drifloon, and then and he just goes after the fucking guys. traitor. Oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, I hate to see it, man. Yeah, it's pretty... I don't know. Pokemon's weird, but also, I don't... I'm not a fan of Pokemon anymore. It's kind of just... It's died out on me. I stopped buying the games, I stopped playing them. Yeah, I was always I the biggest fan of the games. And the way I kind of rationalize is I didn't really play any um, turn-based RPG games or anything even remotely like that. While I played Pokemon, and I thought Pokemon was really fun, and it was cool that there was, like, this unique battle system, and there was exploration and items. But then later in life, it occurred to me that was a genre, and there's a lot of games actually just like it. And uh, then I played other ones, and I liked them significantly more than Pokemon. Yep. That's kind of how it goes. The other thing is that Pokemon has kind of just been the same game over the last couple decades. Yeah, it's... As, as long as the game's been out. They're all very similar to each other. Yeah. And, and on top of that, it's like, 
I, I can clearly identify that all my love of it is nostalgia because I still strictly like the ones on the Game Boy Advance best because those are the ones I played when I was a kid. I'm pretty sure that essentially at this point Pokemon is just resting on its laurels and and relying on nostalgia to yeah. get people to buy the next copy of the game. I, I mean that new one was pretty unique, but it was I don't know I don't know if more like it are gonna happen, you know what I mean? That 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 the one that was like kind of an action game. Yeah. Was Arceus, is that the one? Mm-hmm. I think that was the one, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean that one is pretty unique and it's pretty cool that they're doing something different, but it's just like it it's still really weird that it took them that long to do it. And I heard that game had a lot of problems. And and honestly, it's like a lot of the people I hear talking about how good it is are primarily excited that Game Freak like made a different game. And they're like, but the next one will be really good. It's like if it was just a random game dev that made that game, the the game would have been a flop. People would have not have liked it. They're, they're just yeah. excited because they have such lower expectations for Game Freak. That's And that's what's kind of dejecting about this whole thing. Is that people have essentially been desensitized by Pokemon. People who like Pokemon have essentially just been desensitized by Pokemon so they can just sort of, you know, tick some kind of thing, like one increment forward, and suddenly it's like, oh my god, yeah, it's, it's like, a completely different game. It's so much better. How do, how do I put it? It's like the theming and the uh, setting of Pokemon is, like, so good that you could make a really shit game, and it's still good. And you have all these... It's, it's like a, it's like McDonald's giving Happy Meals to people since they're, like, three-year-olds, you know? You have an adult mm-hmm. who then gets that... that, uh, that, 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 uh, that big cheeseburger when they're an adult, and it's, like, it's the greatest thing because they had it as a kid, and nothing else tastes like it. Even though there's things that are strictly better than it for the same price, you know? It's like... Yeah, McDonald's is very... It's like fast distinct. food places are not... Fast food places are not actually that unique from each other. It's just whichever one you had as a kid is the one yeah. you like. And it's kind of like that with Pokemon, I feel like. It's yeah. like a lot of people just... Pokemon was so popular when it was a new game. You kind of just latch on to whatever... Yeah, man. You you just kind of latch onto whatever you had during your formative years, and that has that also makes me think that that is the reason why people were so adamant, especially back in the day when Sega and Nintendo were kind of at each other's throats. Why people were so adamant about the console that they had, and why that kind of carried over when yeah. people became adults, is because they had that console it's what they growing played up. As a kid, yeah. But the thing is, is that it goes even deeper than that, because these kids didn't really have a choice as to which system yeah, it's just they whichever could one get. their parents randomly it's just whichever bought. one yeah it's whichever one their parents bought so it's not like they had any choice in the matter they just like it cuz that's the one they had I mean, actually there's want... a solid chance that they saw a commercial for for one of the Possibly. characters and they're like that's the one I think and then it's they like got a, it, later it probably is actually rooted in a feeling of insecurity that the other thing is actually better than the Yeah they thing just got to stick with their choice yeah, so you have to double down on your own choice to make it like I'm really uh, in, in, to the point where you actually convince yourself oh, yeah. whole like single handedly by yourself. You just convince yourself that your thing is better. It has to be better. That, I've never been wrong in my life. Exactly. Yeah, it has to be better because I have it. Yeah, why would Otherwise I? Otherwise, I'm going to be thing? jealous and mad. <laughs> There's no way I could have the worst thing. Yeah. 
And so that's I feel like that's very much the same thing with that comes with Pokemon because I guess the idea that has kind of plagued Pokemon in a certain sense, but also is it one of its strong suits because it is child oriented. <clears throat> it's so good at convincing a child it's their favorite thing. I mean, it's like yeah, I've talked to people a good bit younger than me that have also played Pokemon since a kid, and it was like. The first Pokemon game that they played, right, was, you know, one of these ones on the 3DS, which I thought were significantly worse than the ones I played as a kid. But to them, it's still, you know, the Pokemon's the greatest thing ever. They talk about how they played all the Pokemon games. They learn how to do emulation just to play all the Pokemon games. And they're having a great time. And I feel like mm -hmm. people turn, like, 20, and they either... At that point, it's, like, locked or it releases. It's like they're a Pokemon fan for life, or suddenly they just don't like it at all. And I feel that that's that's the thing is is that like you know how huh um that there's that mentality of every single Pokemon game could be someone's first Pokemon game yeah and so you kind of just latch on to whatever creatures are prominent in that I kind of feel that because I know for a fact that a lot of people. You know, you, we call them Gen 1-ers because they're yeah. essentially just Gen 1, what would you call them, diehards? It's just their first the game, yeah. It. Yeah, and so that's why, you know, they con that's why Pokemon constantly appeals to all the Pokemon from Gen 1 because those are the, I don't, know if, I don't know if they're the biggest demographic, but they're definitely the loudest at the I very least. Probably because they're the, old, but they're on the oldest. They've been around the longest. They're maybe like, when did it first come out? When did uh, 1999, I think. So, yeah, so they're, like, in their mid-20s around now. Mm -hmm. Right? But that's the thing, is that I don't care for most of the Gen 1 Pokemon. It's because it wasn't the game that I played mm -hmm. first. I care more about the Gen 3 Pokemon more than I care about the Gen 1 Pokemon. I could, I don't really care for Charizard, Blastoise, yeah, I mean and Venusaur. It's all about Swampert, Sceptile, and Blaziken, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, my I first like... game was the remake of Gen 1. So it's like, I love a lot of the Gen 1 Pokemon, and my favorite Gen 2 and 3 Pokemon are the random ones that were put in the remake. Mm -hmm. and, it, and it's funny, because it's still, like, my favorite Pokemon game, even though a lot of people really don't like that game. Hmm. But it, it's just whatever you played as a kid is the one that you like the best, you know? Yeah, and... I guess that just that you know that'll just carry over and it'll just constantly make things. It'll just it'll affect what you like in the future. It's just how people work, whatever, I suppose. Whatever you were forced to like as a kid is what you'll like in the future. Oh yeah, I mean the entire reason I bought that game is because that cartridge was red. It was in the little remember those little GameStop jewelry cases they would have with the loose yeah. cartridges in it. I saw it in the mm -hmm. loose cartridge, and I knew my Game Boy Advance I had as a kid was red, and Fire Red was also red. It matched my Game Boy. I did not know what Pokemon was. I bought it because it was red. <laughs> that makes sense. That's the thing that I never really understood why other games didn't do. They didn't get colorful cartridge yeah, I don't know. Parts. It's only the Pokemon games that it, got it. It, it might be a special production to privilege, to be honest. Yeah. Because it's only the the expected to be big seller ones that are different. Because it's cause so. only in, like, really all of Nintendo anything, the only things I remember ever being alt colors were the Pokemon games, and every once in a while there'd be a Mario game that'd have, like, a red case or something. Yeah, I feel like the cartridges for Nintendo games have been 
getting progressively more disappointing. I know for Game Boy, you get like a like a huge rectangular cartridge, and I remember my po oh, my yeah. Pokemon one. It was like shiny and sparkly for like the the version I got. I think I got Ruby, so it was like it, it looked like a Ruby, right? It was translucent yeah, and it looked red. Like yeah, like a Ruby to me. I had emerald, so. But then now, mm -hmm. it's like, oh, it's so but then now now when now in like a Nintendo Switch era, I still like getting physical copies of games because I like physically owning something instead of like getting it digitally. Mm -hmm. But the like the game boxes and the cartridges themselves, the cartridge is so tiny. There's like no character behind it. It's just another game uh, cartridge. Yeah, with a game but it on. takes up less space. The Game Boy one was so much cooler, even though it was bigger. And then the yeah, I, I thought the cool thing about like the DS was that this tr the chip was the, the the game cards were so small and that you they were and then the the slot was spring loaded. That was a cool thing about it because before you had to plug that thing in. Yeah, it's like click click. You one hundred percent knew it was in. I had lock it. Yeah, in. heck yeah, and that was what was revolutionary about the Nintendo DS to me. It's like oh my god. Yeah, this I mean, is the future. I think a lot of it too is like. <laughs> Some study that Nintendo did probably found out that how the cartridge looks matters so much less now for sales. And mm -hmm. I mean, games still cost $60. Games have only become more expensive to make, and they're still costing $60. So they're like, it would look cooler if we had a big impressive cartridge, but it's cheaper to not. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. And I guess things are also moving to digital, so it does matter less. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Physical another another there. gripe I have with the new Nintendo game boxes is that while the while the inside does look nicer, there's like new pretty pictures and the nice graphic for the game inside. But uh -huh. it's now it's missing the instruction booklet, which I used to always yeah, love. Yeah, you have to go on the internet. I always love to read those whenever I got a new game when it was for like the Wii or like yeah. the Game Boy or GameCube. They always had like an instruction booklet that came with the game. But now for the Nintendo Switch, it's just not there anymore. Yeah, that it was isn't. that was my very favorite. See, when I was a kid for most of my childhood, I was not allowed to play any video games unless it was um a Friday night or a weekend. If it was a school night, I could not play any video games. So I would get this game sometime during the week. If it was a weekend, I'd just play it immediately, right? But during the weekday, when I could not play the games, if it was a new game or a game I already owned, I would live vicariously reading those those game instructions because that was, like, the closest thing I could get to it, you know? Yeah, that's what I did, Same. too. <laughs> I remember looking at all of the characters. I remember, for some reason, the one that stands out to me is Virtua Fighter. Mainly because Virtua Fighter, the story is in the instruction booklet, and oh, the game fun. is literally, it's literally just the Virtua... Because, okay, let's get into... Shall we talk about Virtua Fighter? Is it okay to segue into I'll, Virtua Fighter? I'll allow Fighter? you to talk about Virtua Fighter. I'm feeling nice. Okay. So, well, I guess this is kind of going into the nostalgia hole. But, um... So... I believe, I don't know which one. I'm pretty sure it was probably Virtua Fighter 4. I, I, same kind of deal. I wasn't allowed to play games on school nights and things like that. And so I would have to read the instruction booklets. And I remember distinctly getting Virtua Fighter 4 after enjoying Virtua Fighter 4 at a relative's house or something. In multiple places. Multiple different relatives had Virtua Fighter 4. Yeah. I wanted to get a copy of Virtua Fighter 4 because I didn't want to have to keep borrowing my relative's copy of Virtua Fighter 4 because otherwise I felt like, well, maybe they want to play it, even though most likely they didn't really care and mm. I was just much more into 
Virtual Fighter than they were. Um, but, you know, eventually I got my own copy of Virtual Fighter uh, for Evolution. And I was not allowed to play it yet. And it was like, oh my god, so cool. And, you know, it's the fourth world fighting tournament or whatever mm-hmm. Sega decided to call it. And there was two new characters and you got to read Yeah, read the through all the book, manual. learn all the characters, look at all that art. Yeah. And so, for Virtua Fighter specifically, because there is no actual story in the game, the entire game is essentially just the fighting, and that's it, because, well, let's face it, the Virtua Fighter characters aren't exactly, aren't exactly very uh, brimming with personality, they're kind of just yeah, avatars the for book. you to fight with. The f- story is in the book, and that is essentially it. And sometimes yeah. the things, the story beats that happen, and it's and the thing is, is that the story essentially is a follow up to what happens after the events of the previous tournament, because uh, you know usually it ends with and they go it says it's Virtual Fighter Four and they set off for the fourth World Fighting Tournament, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you playing is uh, the tournament. Yeah, and so um, I remember learning about all the lore of these different characters. And some of it just felt kind of stupid because, you know, things are obviously going to fail if they decide to do a Virtua Fighter 5, which they did. Um, so there are just, like, various things about characters who are all like, this character woke up, or this person lost their memories, or this person is on the verge of dying, or something like yeah. that. Or it, or they, they do something, or they're going to set off into... The, if they're a new character, usually it's like the, the booklet sets up their motivation as to why they're joining the tournament. Um... For some reason, Virtua Fighter 4 introduced a lot of assassin characters. I don't know why. And by a lot, I mean two. Of, of the four characters that were added from Virtua Fighter 4 and Virtua Fighter 4 Evolution, two of them are assassins. I, I mean, are there any other assassin characters that weren't introduced in 4? Uh, if you, uh, there's two that weren't. One of them is an amnesiac military girl who's like my favorite, one of my favorite character fighting game characters of all time. Simply on visuals alone, because you know hardly any personality, but the way she fights and like the couple voice lines that she has is pretty cool. Vanessa Lewis, mm-hmm. it's a very cool character. Um, she uses Volley Tudo. She's voiced by one of my favorite voice actors who has a lot of Sega projects under her belt, Donna Burke. Um, and she's still voice acting to this day, and she and that game is what made me a fan of her. And then they decided to not use her anymore in Virtua Fighter Five, and then I got pissed because I'm like, why does her voice sound different? But anyway, sad face. She's not one of the. She is not one of the assassin characters. The two. And I essentially I mained mained quote unquote. I didn't even play online against anyone until Virtua Fighter Five Final Showdown, which is years after the original five. I, you don't have to be presumptuous about what maining something means. If you're five years old and you play a fighting game once a week and don't know any moves, your favorite character is your main. You don't have to. I guess so. That means that everyone at some point in their life during like Super Smash Brothers Brawl, their main was Kirby. Because yeah. I'm pretty sure a lot of pe- a lot of kids were just Kirby uh, mains. Oh, 100%. I just been called out. And if they were an edgy kid, then the. <laughs> And then when they, if they were an edgy kid, they were Sonic mains. That's essentially Ooh. the two characters that a lot That's of kids, that a lot of like little kids use. Yeah, Let's the only see. two characters are maybe Link, but usually it's Kirby yeah, and yeah. Kirby or Sonic. The first Smash Brothers it. game I played was Melee. Yeah, I was definitely a Kirby main. Oh my god, mine was Brawl, and I did play Kirby. <laughs> god damn! Yeah, see, I'm, I'm completely right. <laughs> I, I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm no, not, I'm not, I'm not questioning you. I'm just reviewing. Yeah. Yeah, the thing is, I started I, with Ike, though, and then when I first when yeah. I first got the game, I had fire sword. I had guy. no idea how to play the game. The first match yeah. I went into was a CPU match 
I somehow managed to fight against three other CPUs, they were all on easy. And the only move I knew how to do was his special move, the one you were just stand still when pressed B, and he sticks his sword into the ground and pillar of flames comes See, that's up. his coolest move. And that's the only it move is. I knew how to do. Until... On Kirby, the only yeah. move I knew was hammer and rock. Yeah. Until I yeah. read the instruction booklet that came with the game. As, as where, Very nice. As, it is when I learned... Going back to instruction yeah, booklets. It is yeah. when I learned there are normal <laughs> attacks if you press the A button. And the yeah, attacks change when you push yeah, directions you... while pushing the A button. But they're not special. <laughs> yeah, why would you want to do a normal exactly. attack? So I just went back to the fire pillar anyways. Because <laughs> yeah. it was stronger and it looked cooler. Even though it was my, my big yeah. reason I played Kirby is because I didn't know um I didn't know how to do recovery moves. So so I just thought, oh, he must be the best character. He has a bunch of jumps. He's like the only yeah. one who could ever get back on the stage. You can't knock Kirby off yeah, the he's stage. It's impossible. <laughs> I probably also um I probably also would have liked Jigglypuff, but I don't I don't remember playing Jigglypuff. Jiggly Maybe I didn't unlock Jigglypuff. Jigglypuff doesn't have a hammer. No, you see this is this is the elementary schooler meta. It's different from the actual Smash meta because No, I mean if they... <laughs> I probably saw Jigglypuff and um Jigglypuff did not have a hammer, so that's just worse. I also remember Jigglypuff are you talking about Brawl or Melee? I'm talking about melee. Was it? I think it might. It might be for both the games. Wasn't Jigglypuff a hidden character? Oh yeah, I think it, it was either I didn't unlock least. Jigglypuff or I like played Jigglypuff and I'm like, no hammer, I'm out. Where's the hammer? It's like, why would I pick Kirby with no hammer, dude? Yeah. It's a very interesting thing to think about, though. Is the 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 elementary the kid the elementary schooler meta yeah. versus the actual game meta? Because things are different. Because if there's a different knowledge base, they other different things become very good due to preconceived notions yeah. or due to like a lack of knowledge like, in certain like, areas. Um, when I played melee, it was uh, me, my sister, and uh, our neighbors. And every once in a while, there'd be a friend or two that come over. I played Kirby. Kirby was very popular. A lot of people played Kirby. Um, my sister... I think she played Ice Climbers. I think she liked Ice Climbers because their voices were funny and they were cute. And I'm like, hell yeah. yeah. That's true. Um, Ice Climbers. I knew a couple people who played Bowser. Bowser was popular. Um, I remember one of my neighbors uh, would always complain that I didn't have Game & Watch unlocked. <laughs> and every once in a while I would bring his memory card over so he could play Game & Watch. <laughs> right, so I, that's... Oh, and, and a couple people played Samus, I think. Mm -hmm. And maybe someone played Fox. People play the characters they yeah, love. Yeah, I'm I mean, trying it's to. Like, it's, it's like actually of... the only characters I ever remember being picked. Genuinely. Mm -hmm. I don't know when I started picking Marth, because at some point I ended up really liking Marth. Yeah, I actually. I think my entire time playing Melee, I, I don't think I ever saw anyone pick Marth or Ike. <sighs> Wait, not. Marth I mean, or Roy. I was sorry. the Marth guy. Yeah. I was but I also definitely might not the have Marth had guy. Unlocked, so I don't know. Mm hmm. Even even when my brother tried to say, like, why would you pick Marth when Lucina's strictly better? And I'm like, because I have an emotional connection to this guy. <laughs> Marth cooler. <laughs> yeah, Marth is so much cooler. <laughs> <laughs> but 
but he didn't get it. He's like, but he's so, he's so, yeah. he's so inconsistent and kind of random. And I'm like, but he's got so much finesse. <laughs> I, I mean, I even, I only started caring about like, I guess strategy or winning. It's, it's no, that's disingenuous. When I was a kid, I cared about winning, and and the way I'd win with Kirby is using the hammer a lot. I, I guess when I started strategizing about winning or like caring mm. about character strength or anything. Even still, my favorite character in Brawl was um, was Ganondorf. I just liked him because he made loud noises. <laughs> yeah, no, literally that reason. Like, I, I guess, yeah, yeah, just younger me, it's like, damn, that's this is the best character. He's loud. I never, I, I at that time had still never played a Legend of Zelda game, so I had like no connection. I literally didn't know who he was, but I'm like, holy shit, he's loud and makes big bonks. I gotta play him, dude. My god, how many characters or how many game franchises have people gotten into because that character was in Smash? Actually, uh, because that's like the meme, right? Is you know, it's Ryu I, from I only Fortnite, learned, I only or it's Ryu from Dino Smash. Was. From Smash. <laughs> I only learned what Xenoblade was from Smash. Yeah, I didn't know about I, Xenoblade uh, until, like, until Shulk was in Smash either. I think it would be disingenuous for me to say that I learned Fire Emblem from Smash because I saw the characters in Smash, didn't know who they were, and did not learn be- because I was uninterested in them in Smash. I learned yeah. that later in Unrelated. <laughs> well, the other thing is that they were in melee. They were actually debating taking Roy and Marth out when uh, localizing Smash because no oh, one yeah. knows characters. They thought no one in, no one who I guess there just weren't games. So no, there weren't. The first so one, they're just like who would care about a franchise that has no games? Yeah, the first one that came out, I forget the name. It's the Blazing Blade. Yeah, the Blazing Blade. Or it's just called Fire Emblem in the West because it was the first Fire Emblem game that was localized to the West. But there, the Fire Emblem is just as old a franchise as, say, I don't know. It's not as old as Zelda, but it's up there, right? Um, but it just had never been localized to the West. And it's because Marth and Roy were in Smash and people were interested in them. And they're like, who are these people from that they ended up localizing the Blazing Blade? And mm-hmm. that became people's first Fire Emblem games. Yeah, that's cool. Funnily enough, that is not Roy's game. <laughs> it is his dad's game. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's him, his dad, El- his dad Ellawood, and his friends Hector and Lynn. And that was the first Fire Emblem game Wait. that people played. Roy's dad was Ellawood. Yeah, Roy's dad is Ellawood. What? Yeah. I don't know what this says about my level of Fire Emblem <laughs> no. exposure, but out of those names, the only one I recognized was Hector. Oh my God, That's... Roy's last name is Ellawood. No. Wait, what? Ellawood's last. <laughs> <laughs> Ellawood's last name is not Ellawood. Ellawood Ellawood? Wait, what's that? Uh, there's even, at the end of Blazing Blade, there is a, because the thing is that Binding Blade, Roy's game, is actually the one that came before Blazing Blade. And so Blazing Blade is essentially a prequel that came after Binding Blade. And it's about Ellawood and Hector and Lynn. And there's an actual scene at the end of Blazing Blade where Ellawood and Hector bring their children uh, Ellawood is like, here's my son, Roy, and Hector is like, um, here's my daughter, I forget her name, Lelina, that's her name. And it's like, oh my god, those are the characters from the previous game, so this oh one was all- Oh my god! Yeah, so at <gasps> the end of the game, you're like, oh my god, Ellawood is Roy's dad? <laughs> bum, bum, bum. Oh, that's pretty cool. Dang, I wish yeah. I knew that sooner. Uh, 
Elwood is Roy's dad, and uh, Hector is Zelina's dad. Man, this really makes me want to go back and play those old <laughs> Fire Emblem games. Yeah, you know, but, um, honestly, I, gonna say? I, th- <laughs> I really think I might have played Smash Brothers Melee before I ever played a Mario game. So I actually might have been introduced to Mario through Smash. Is this Mario from Smash? <laughs> no, really. Yeah, I yeah. think because my first Mario game I ever played was I had a Game Boy Advance cartridge that was two games on it. It had a Super Mario Brothers three and the the arcade one with the pow block. I forget what it was called. I think that's just Mario Brothers, right? Mario Brothers, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 But it was that was the first one I played, and I. I I may have done that after playing Melee. Yeah, so I learned I, who who is this Mario character from Super Smash Bros. It's crazy. I don't know who Mario is. Who yeah, is why is he? Why is he the central portion? Why is the he's the main character? <laughs> it, it's actually funny how few of the characters I think I had played a game from because when I was a kid, my favorite thing was uh, I only know Sony stuff because I had a. I had a PS1 and a PS2 when I was a really young kid, and that was it. Mm-hmm. So I, I like my favorite. You know, my favorite game character was Crash, Mister Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, why so like, I, I've probably Smash? seen the other characters, I'm sure, but I don't know if I ever played like any of their games before Melee because that was like one of the first GameCube games I had. Actually, no, yeah. the first GameCube game I had. Oh, I knew who Kirby was, not because I played a Kirby game, because I played Air Ride. Um, yeah, I had, I had Air Ride and a Monkey Ball game for my first GameCube game. <laughs> I wonder if you were thinking, where is I.I.? Why yeah, is it why I is was it probably peeved. Yeah. Except I was a Gone Gone fan, oh, yeah, so I true, wanted Gone Gone. It's like, why isn't Gone Gone Yeah, why isn't Smash? Gone Gone in Melee, dude? This is terrible. <laughs> yeah, but I wanted to talk at a bit more. Do you, are you guys aware of the Guilty Gear X2 uh, Accent Core Plus R middle school meta? Oh, oh, I have been, I've I have been keeping up with I, that. I saw and I love it. Yeah. That's the funniest shit. I love it. Yeah. Does that I, I, I haven't watched the new favorite. one, actually. <laughs> yeah, I haven't watched the new one, but I remember at the beginning that yeah, apparently... Yeah, I watched, I watched both of them. It was great. Mm-hmm. Potemkin is really good in the middle school meta, but not of the reasons why you'd think Potemkin is good. It's literally just because his normals are really big. Yeah, it's because <laughs> it's because he can hit the slash or heavy slash button or whatever, and his arm is the screen. Yeah, because no one in that class can. No one can. Pl- no one in that can do class where they play. No one can do specials. No one can do motion. And no one can do so, specials, and it's hard to jump, and no one blocks. Yeah, and so Potemkin just becomes amazing, and I believe the teacher yeah. did the teacher play Faust. He does play. Yeah, Faust, the teacher played Faust, so they think he's good. Oh yeah, they think that Faust is really good. Yeah. I believe the top tiers they have recently ranked it are Faust, Zappa, because the kid picked up the game or something. He had the Oh game. yeah, he, he got, figured out he how to use Zappa. And he learned he how to use Zappa. He actually got the game. And he, just, he was destroying everyone else with Zappa. So Zappa's at the top, <laughs> along with Potemkin and Faust, who are o- where the, fa- the teacher plays Faust, and Potemkin just yeah. has huge buttons that do lots of damage. Yeah, that's great. But, but there is an ins- aspiring Robokai player who also got the game. Oh, and yeah. was giving oh, yeah. the Zappa a challenge. So now Robokai went up in the rankings. Oh my <laughs> god, this meta's amazing. Uh, god, it's, um... There'd be no way to enforce it, and it would be, like, 
hard to, like, genuinely happen. And I don't know if it would be nearly as fun to be in it, but, like, part of me wishes I could recreate, like, how Melee and Brawl felt back in the day when I played them when no one, like, looked up or knew anything. Yeah. Because, well, like, in Melee, everyone thought that the best characters were Kirby and Bowser. Bowser, mm-hmm. because he hit really hard, and Kirby, because he could get back on stage. I mean, I would say that it's not non-existent, but I guess it's the nature of which us being fighting game players to a certain extent kind of analyze and, like, figure things out that we kind of have this baseline knowledge. Mm. But in, say, I don't know if we would call it a vacuum, because essentially when people just sort of play, they they perceive as different things as being good. Yeah. Um, And one of those big things is Marth's, the Fire Emblem character's counterattacks, are genuinely seen as are generally seen. Sorry, are generally seen as pretty good because they essentially make you invincible and you hit them away. The thing is, is that you know from our perspective and a lot of Smash players' perspective, counters are pretty terrible. <laughs> yeah, and so it, that it definitely exists in some regards somewhere. It's just that we're at not as exposed to it because we simply can't think that way anymore. Maybe. I guess I don't I don't mean it in like the context if I want to be wrong about it. I mean mm-hmm. it's like I guess the way to realistically do this was it'd be really fun with like a mid-sized group of people. I mean, I guess part of the fantasy is knowing enough people that would just pick up and play fighting games in my life. Um mm-hmm. like picking up like a really old arcade fighting game that like just doesn't have concrete googleable resources. Mhm. And, and just we, seeing what happens over time, you know? Or we could try to do something where we, we just play in a vacuum. We don't look anything up. That's yeah, it's like, of... I mean, it's it's kind of fun to think about that, but I think about in that situation, it might be incredibly frustrating, you know what I mean? Yeah. It, I, I, I wonder if it's the kind of thing that's way more fun to fantasize about than, like, actually be in. It's it's possible, because, I mean, us having played fighting games before, it's kind of been, we can't exactly do that anymore. There's a bunch of stuff where we're like, we're kind of inclined to just look stuff up, because now we can. We're like, okay, what's yeah. the frame data on this? Is this punishable? Because, like, that was, okay, also, See, because I Because the problem is, way is to... like, I think about this, like, an example of a game that I recently started to learn to play. If when we were first playing Plus R... If if I literally never looked anything up, I I would have actually just like, I I would have literally never enjoyed playing or had any good experience as like Bridget or Robokai, who were like the characters I was interested. I I would, I would literally have never found anything up. But th- those are also like unlucky characters to, to like do that with, right? So, so I don't know. It's the kind of thing where I really do just wonder if that's like a... Because when I was a kid and I was playing fighting games, I, I still was mad when I was losing, and I would still be mad at something that I thought was cheap. It's just I didn't... I didn't have the solution look something up in my mind. Mm-hmm. I, I always just, like, thought, well, I'll pick the cheap thing, or, like, this one thing worked once, so maybe I'll try to do that every time. Or it's just like, you know, the next time I play with that person is in a month, so I've forgotten or they've forgotten. Yeah. A lot of my memories of playing in that kind of middle school meta kind of environment 
was with Virtual Fighter Five because myself and my brother's friends and my mm. friends we would all play that game. And me not having a not having fully grasped the idea of how fighting games work yet, yeah. I just thought you know it's the typical thing that most people think is that combos are everything. And so if you know combos, you're good at fighting games. And so wow, your middle school medal was no no no, no than that, that was I, not that's I not the middle school medal. That was me. I didn't have an idea of a combo no, no, no. yet. <laughs> that was that wasn't the middle school meta thing. That was just me thinking like this is how you get good at fighting games, right? But it, that that wasn't it. It was the combos were never really a thing. It was mainly just like I don't know, press buttons and maybe something is good. Um, so when we played with my friends, I would pick my main, one of the assassin characters who never kills anyone, kind of like any other character in a fighting game who is... Ineffective yeah, assassin. That, it's, it's a trope, because there are a lot of ineffective assassins in fighting games. Yeah. <laughs> um, but my favorite character, aside from Vanessa Lewis, who I did play as well, was Lei Fei. Lei Fei is a Shaolin monk who is tasked with killing uh, the other another character named, uh, what's his name, Lao Chan, because he is the sole practitioner of a lost style that is too dangerous to let live and so he is supposed to kill him but because he's such an evil power hungry monk man i don't know how evil and shaolin monk came together but apparently leifei is that he wants to yeah sure he man. wants to learn koenken or the tiger swallow fist that lao chan knows before killing him so that he has the deadliest style right uh, shit, but then he's the one hunting. Yeah, but no one will know, because, you know, the person... What, what do you mean, no grand, one will know? I, killed, I thought it just makes but you he, evil But he killed the Grand Master. No one could possibly know the Tiger Swallow Fist anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, who's the police who, who who knows they actually are very good at it? Do they also know I, it? I don't, I don't think so. The other thing is that I don't understand what the point. Why would they use a fighting tournament in order to try to kill someone? Why would they, I mean? It's a way to get get them. Just hire one of these assassin characters, man. There's but so they many. have to kill the. Do they have to kill? I don't. That's another thing that I never really was clear on in the Virtua Fighter story. Was are they supposed to kill them in a tournament match or like in between matches? I don't know, man. But. This is all to say that, like, when I was playing with my friends, combos hardly matter. Like, I like, combos didn't matter because I just got frustrated because I wasn't able to land my combos because people were just zoning me out. One of my friends, um, who played the game with me, he would use the Cana the big Canadian pro wrestler man, who's apparently also Native American, um, Wolf sure, Hockfield. Yeah, yeah. He is a pro wrestler. And he didn't even use any of the grapples. He just used his really giant kick. Just big smacks. Yeah, and I would just be like, well, I can't, I can't do my combos. What the hell? And I got really mad because, you know, I wasn't able to land yeah. my combos. And I was just getting beaten by this guy. And I thought I was really good, you know, because I knew combos. But I couldn't land that, them. That does mean you're really good. That's true. Yeah, so, yeah. 10-year-old me would 100% be convinced. In our, in our middle school meta, Wolf Hawkfield was really good because he had giant buttons. Yeah, man. <laughs> Yeah, in, uh, in middle school, I think I played, like, Brawl and uh, Soul Calibur 4, I think. And in Soul Calibur 4, everyone thought Yoda was busted. Yeah, because he's and, tiny. And I honestly still have that opinion. You can't hit him, dude. It's possible that it's he is. It's too annoying. Um, it's like Odd Job in Goldeneye yeah, and things like that. In uh, Soul Calibur 4, I played, uh, I played Keelik. Mm -hmm. And Staffing. everyone hated Keelik. I had big. I had a big stick. Yes, they couldn't get to me because I had a big stick. <laughs> and um, one of your buttons that you pressed was just an auto hitting 
three hit combo, and it was brutal. It was a um, mid low high. It just did it when you did the. It was like a normal or a command normal mm-hmm. or something, and and so that was just like no one could defend against it, and, and it was like it was kind of fast. So like people who don't know fighting games, that's very hard to punish. Mm-hmm. So so it's just like I was undefeatable on Keelik, So people thought the best characters were Keelik and uh, and Yoda <laughs> in that game. It, until until my neighbor also started playing the game a lot, and he started playing Nightmare, and he kind of learned ha- how to play the game. Mm-hmm. But he also really sucked at blocking, so it was, like, actually kind of even. Makes sense. Because it'd just be me using that move, or, like, maybe grabbing every <laughs> once in a while, because grabbing is the coolest animation I know how to make the game do. <laughs> um, It's just me grabbing and doing that one move, and him, like, kind of knowing how to play Nightmare, but, like, really not able to block the thing. <laughs> That that was the that was the Soul Calibur Four meta. Soul Soul Calibur Four was way less popular than Smash, so no one else who would come to these things ever wanted to play Soul Calibur Four because it'd just be me and my neighbor so what the who heck would is, win everything. So what the heck is Soul Calibur? Where is it? Yeah, no no one knows who that is. Yeah. <laughs> who is the Who is the Soul Calibur? Who's John Soul Calibur? Yeah, who is the Soul Calibur? Which, yeah. which one of these guys is the Soul Calibur? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, wasn't Geralt of Rivia from Soul Calibur? No, he's yeah, from probably. the Witcher. Wait, okay, you're being you're being facetious. Never mind. <laughs> No, I think the, I think uh, I think John Assassin Creed was from Soul Calibur too. I was actually pissed that you thought that he, Geralt from Rivia was from Soul Calibur. Isn't isn't Darth Vader from Soul Calibur? He too? is, yeah. He, before he just, he was just there, and suddenly they made an entire, and then like you know they went back in time and made an entire yeah. movie franchise about him. Yeah. My yeah. my funny fun fact is um, the. Uh, the Apprentice was in Soul Calibur before the Apprentice video game. Was it? The Last Apprentice, the f- yeah. Or the Force Unleashed or whatever, right? Yeah. Yeah. So so we had, like, the sneak peek. Well, that's kind of like Roy. But he was also awful to unlock, so. Mm. Well, that's kind of like Roy in Melee, because the Binding Blade wasn't out when Melee dropped. Oh, uh, yeah. Roy was in there to promote Melee. To promote, to the promote it, Blade. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, same with, like, Corrin in Smash 4. I mean, Fire Emblem Fates had already dropped in Japan, but uh, worldwide, Fates wasn't out yet, so it was essentially the same so thing. So it was the only, it was the first site, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. But, but yeah, it's like, um, I think the Smash Brothers game where then I like actually started becoming someone who kind of knew stuff about fighting games and like cared more about them. Mm-hmm. I, I think that was when, um, what was, what was the Smash Brothers that came after Brawl called? I think that was just 4. Was it just the Wii U or the yeah. DS or something? I, I think it's yeah. been abbreviated as 4. Uh, Smash 4. Yeah. yeah, when that game came out is when I started like actually caring and understanding about fighting games and I and, and the whole, you know, yeah. middle school meta, whatever, breaks down. Because then I had it on my 3DS and it's just like... It's so much easier to play. I, did, I, didn't, know, I didn't know anyone else who, who took fighting games seriously at that time. Mm-hmm. So, um... I'd, I'd bring my 3DS to lunch, and people would play with me pretty often, and I, I firmly remember that I, it, it was illegal for me not to random, mm. because <laughs> if I picked who I wanted to play, I would just literally always win. Yeah. This, isn't a, this isn't a flex on my skill. You, you understand, if you play with someone who, who just really doesn't understand what fighting game strategy means, yeah. I, I don't mean this in any bragging way, but I, would, I literally would just win every time. Mm-hmm. Often, even when I'm randoming. 
Yeah, I feel and, like... and so it just turned into I needed to be like 2v1 or 3v1, and then it was fairly even. <laughs> really? I feel yeah. like this puts this is like this is like a common category where of people who know how to play the game but aren't good enough to like go professional with it, but they're good enough to beat all their friends. Yeah, I I mean, how do I put it? I think um I I think if you are at that point where you're often beating friends who don't know what they're doing, you're good enough to go to a tournament. Because yeah, you can go like, to a locals. It's you have to fun. understand that going to a local is is just for fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like, don't get me wrong. I think I'm in that category. I, I don't think I would ever... I don't think I would ever do well in a tournament. But but um, it, it might be fun to do sometime. I've never done it myself because I'm not usually a... I'm not a huge fan of competition. Yeah. To be honest, it's it's I don't get a whole lot of um, I don't get a whole lot of excitement out of, out of trying to beat someone, and often the extreme emotions in the con in the context of a competition, like even casual things where we do at school that are a tournament, mm -hmm. it, it always make me very uncomfortable how upset people would become when they lose. Yeah. So so it's like just tournament doesn't doesn't mesh well for me as a person. I've done one um, one online tournament for Rivals of Aether. And, and even then, I, I didn't like it that much. Mm -hmm. I, I, I wasn't a huge fan of the pressure. It, it's it's like I still love trying to get better at fighting games and playing it, but that kind of pressure doesn't suit me very well. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. I guess, well, let's see. I went to a lot of FGC events back when we were in university. Well, well mm -hmm. yeah. And I don't know. After a while, it kind of just died out because at some point, it was... You just stand around for, especially if you were into like do the smash bracket. You just stand around for like half an hour at a time, waiting for your next match. Play for two minutes, and then you know, then you're done. Yeah, yeah. And ah, uh, that is the worst feeling. <laughs> That's I how it is. I used to be on. It's kind of related. It's not fighting game. It. It's like a kind of competition. I used to be on the badminton team. Badman, mm. bad, bad, the bad, bad team. The bad man team. <laughs> I'm on the bad yeah. man team. He's he's yeah. still bad guy? There's a team for soul, soul, yes, soul bad guy? Oh my god, I can oh, tell you. on the soul bad guy team. I can't believe soul bad guy was based off Soul of bad, bad guy team. is such a dumb name. Ragnar the Blood is just so much better, isn't it? <laughs> soul bad guy is actually based <laughs> Oh my bad god. Team. That's the one bad experience that I have with an FGC is some guy was dissing soul bad guy and thinking Ragnar the Blood is <laughs> better. Uh, Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, so I was on the badminton team for high school, but I was not on, like, the official lineup. Like, I wasn't one of, like, the good players. I was kind of, like, the backup. Mm -hmm. You were, like, a sub? Yeah. Yeah, basically. So there was, like, a competition with another school. It was on, it was in our high school, so they came to us. And there were matches happening all over the courts. And all I got to do that entire day was just watch matches and cheer them on. Like, here's my teammate, I'm going to cheer them on. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Positive energy, something like that. <laughs> but then it's like, it's nearing the end and I still haven't played. I know I'm a sub, but like, you know, they said it's fine. Yeah, the dream is still alive. Yeah, you, there might be a chance to get to play and it, and it just doesn't happen. I just end up yeah. spending entire time at the competition, just cheering on my teammates and watching everyone else play. It's just kind of yeah, and it, sad. it's not like you were doing nothing because you'd still work hard at all those practices. Yeah, it's not like I wasn't. It's not like I was slouching in practice. I'm still practicing with like all yeah, the people. Yeah, it's in the just team. other kids were just better at it at that point. Yeah, and I did, I just didn't get to do anything coach, in competition, you know? and that just kind of killed it for me. It was like I kind of don't want to go. Yeah, that's a hard. That's a hard spot to be in. The only um, 
the only sports I ever did, you like have a hundred percent participation event. Like I, I did um the track team where you just do your event. Everyone does the events, you know. I I did um I did hurdles and long jump. I liked jumping. Um, and I mean, you always get to go. <laughs> There's no. They have to. So fans and butts about that. You have to. Oh, I got. I got. I got put into the relay once. Yeah, I definitely liked things that are more organized. That gives everyone a mm-hmm. chance to participate. Yeah. Because I, I was also, I was also in a swim class called DACA, and mm-hmm. we would have usually maybe every month or two we'd have swim meets where like a bunch of different swim classes meet together. And compete against each other, but it's more organized. As in, you sign up for events you want to sign mm. up for, and you're guaranteed a spot. Yeah, that's that's like that's how track works, pretty much. Mm-hmm. I know a lot about this. I was a I was a varsity swimmer in high school. Um, yeah, I was a butterflyer. There weren't a lot of me, so that's why that's probably why I was on varsity. Because simply because. You are someone willing to my do strong, butterfly stroke. My strongest event is the one that only varsity kids do, so I have to be on varsity, I guess. But I was good <laughs> at it, all right? I, yeah, I also I, I, I remember I had a swimming class when I, I learned butterfly stroke. Mm-hmm. I hated it. Butterfly is so much fun. What are you talking about? I hated it. It's great. My arms get tired. I love breaststroke. Breaststroke is my favorite. Man, y'all a bunch of slacking ass. I don't know what to call you guys. But butterfly is where it's at. Butterfly is the true, it's the greatest stroke of all time. It's the only way to swim. I learned none of this in the context of swimming competition. I learned this in the context of like, the swim however young I was going to a swimming lesson. Yeah. You know? They had swim classes in my well, high school. I mean... Like the ge- but... I've- when when they taught, what's it called? Flip turns. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I learned how to do flip turns. Dis- dis- turns so much too. Huh? Uh, it was I, I such love a disaster. Flip Don't you? I'll dis I'll dis butterfly. I I will never dis flip turns. I I um well, when I was dicking around in swimming class, I would practice flip turns when we were supposed to be doing nothing and get yelled at by the, by the teacher. <laughs> No, flip turns are so reason, much fun. You do a fucking fun. front flip underwater, yeah. dude. Yeah, no, you for some reason, no one in my school that was inexperienced in swimming, they just could not do a flip turn for life. Oh, I would, I'm sure I wasn't good at them. It was but just it was fun. It was just so funny to watch them. They they try to attempt their flip turn. They get stuck halfway. They come back up and they're like, "There's water in my nose." Well, you got you guys got you guys you have got, to blow out. Yeah, you got to blow when you're upside when you're facing up <laughs> towards the surface. What, you got to blow out. You. Like ten sec- That's what they tell you. Like ten seconds yeah. into like a swimming like, lesson. If you don't do this, you're going nose. to drown. You're gonna get filled with water. So you got to do yeah. this thing. It was just. Yeah, it was um, just so funny just watching. Did you? Did you? Did either of you ever like bonk your head really hard on the wall and make yourself bleed? Not. I, I not to the point of bleeding. Kid. I have hit my head against the wall during yeah. like backstroke a couple times. Yeah, so. I've, only I've only during backstroke because you yeah. have to you have to count your you strokes. Have to know your Usually stroke you count. Yeah, you usually count your strokes from, like, the flags. The flags, There's always, yeah. like, flags mm-hmm. positioned above you on each side of the pool, and you're supposed to... They teach you how to do They teach you to count the number of strokes <laughs> yeah. until you I, get I, to the wall, then you subtract that by one. When you want to do a flip so, turn, yeah. Yeah, when you, so you subtract that number by one when you want to turn over and do a flip turn. But usually I'm pretty... Sometimes I'm inconsistent with it. Because when, mm-hmm. when, when you count it for real... It's like kind of low stakes. You're not really. You're just casually swimming, right? Usually, but in the so middle, it might, of the race. 
Right? Yeah, so in the middle of a race, you might be your stroke count might be different. As you're yeah. trying harder, you're maybe have putting more emphasis into your strokes that your stroke count might. That's get why you need to do it. an effort stroke count where you figure mm-hmm. out how much it takes when you got it when you're putting effort into your swimming. Like after yeah, it's you, actually after funny you get out of all the sports. Spot, yeah, out of all the sports I uh, played, I I've definitely injured myself the above and beyond most in those swimming lessons I took as a kid. Hmm. I I bonked my head, making myself bleed on the wall once or twice. I have I, never um, bled during swimming. I I have I've I dove into the pool, got yelled at because it was in the shallows, and and like ah. bonked my chin really hard at the bottom of the pool because <laughs> it was Ooh. super shallow. Oh, don't get me wrong. Most of these were entirely my fault. Mm-hmm. I bonked my head on the wall when I was dicking around practicing uh, kickflips. Not kickflips. Um, turn flips. Flip turns? Yeah, flip turns. Turn flips. Dough. Yeah, sh- same thing. You get sour me. bread dough? <laughs> <laughs> dough bread sour? Dough bread sour? Sour? Dough? Yeah. Bread? Same thing. Oh, that's actually correct. <laughs> I was also sprinting along the side of the pool and accidentally fell in when I was fully dressed. I did that once. That wasn't really an injury, but it felt bad. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, you're lucky you didn't get hurt from that one. Um, The pools are pretty slippery at the side. I've, uh, also while sprinting on the edge of the pool, I've tripped on my towel and, like, landed on my face in the concrete. Oh, jeez. That was kind of unrelated to swimming. That was while running, (laughs) That's swimming adjacent. Yeah, that was, <laughs> it was it was the swimming lessons fault that I had the towel, I guess. So it's 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 swimming. And, and it's funny because like I did track and I did tennis and I like so many less injuries. I I was probably just older and less clumsy. Mm. There's less there's far less friction next to a swimming pool than there is on a track though. Yeah, that's why they the tell track, you not the to. The track is the track yeah. specifically made to like have traction when you run. On track, I think the only time I injured myself bad is I uh I, like, fucked up my ankle landing a uh, long jump, but it got better in, like, two or three days. It, like, wasn't even a sprain, you know? (laughs) Ryan, are you not streaming? Oh, I am not streaming, but no, I am. I am recording at the very least. You don't have to... That's pretty cool. Yeah, you don't have to... Big fan. I'm recording it here. Now I'm streaming on Discord. I don't know why you would mention that when... <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can, yeah, I just you can no, see I just noticed it what, broke like 50 minutes yeah. in. You broke the you broke our immersion. Now we're now we have to you have to bring it we have to I guess it's fucking list. time to end the no, episode. We can't do it now. This is oh my god. <laughs> All right. Well, that was a lovely episode of uh of break time Are you podcast. Yes. Yeah. You can watch us every Sunday Twitch TV Shatterpoint Games at 2:30 p.m. PST. But don't worry, new episodes go up on Monday if you miss it on YouTube. Wherever you find your podcast, follow us on Twitter, ShadowPointGS, if you want. Next week, we'll talk about whatever the hell we ever talk about. I think it's Eric. All right, break time over. Yeah, you suck, Eric. (laughs) (laughs) You like that ending? God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you streaming? Well, I guess it's time to end the podcast.